what we're talking about here today is we're, is we're going through a very simple framework about selling. This has helped me drastically change the way I sell. Okay, it's positioning myself as the guide. So Cameron comes along to me and says, Coach, I know you got some excess cash. I know you're trying to figure out what you want to do with it. Okay, I, I, know, I know you're putting money into certain things. I don't know what kind of returns you're getting. But my job is to convince you that this is the best place for you to put your money. Everybody see that? Because really, Coach, what are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to get my passive income. See, this is why I ask the question when I'm selling. What are you trying to do? Well, I'm trying to get my passive income to where it's greater than my living expenses. At that point, I'm free, rich. Say, my living expenses were $55,000 a year, and, and, and the money kicking off from your investment was $56,000 a year. Guess what? I'm rich because <laughs> technically I don't have to go to work, right or wrong. Okay, and here's the point I always make. When Robert Kiyosaki wrote the book, Retire Young, Retire Rich, he, his net worth was only $250,000. He had two apartment complexes. His living expenses were $55,000 a year, and his passive income from those apartment complexes were greater than his living expenses. So he wrote the book, Retire Young, Retire Rich, because technically him and his wife didn't have to go to work. Everybody see that? Now, when I say that one thing right there, Guess what I'm really doing? I'm alerting you to something. You're sitting there going, oh, I thought to be rich, you had to make millions of dollars. No. Really, to be wealthy or rich, your passive income just needs to be greater than your living expenses. So if you have $50,000 living expenses and your passive income is $60,000, then you're rich. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Now, notice what I'm doing here. Okay, the other night I was coaching EXP agents at EXPCon in Las Vegas. And their biggest deal is recruiting. The way they really make passive income is they recruit downlines of agents and then they get a percentage off those agents. But here's the funny thing, Dwight. They can't get their agents to go recruit. The agents are so focused on selling houses, they're like, how do I get to 40 houses? How do I get to 50 houses? The big money is not in getting to 50 houses. The big money is having 5,000 people in your downline. Do you know what the difference is? Maybe 100,000 a year compared to 500,000 a month. Everybody with me? So they bring me in. And I say, look, at some point in everybody's life, in this room, you're going to get interested in passive income. You're going to get sick and tired of working 80 to 120 hours a week. You're going to get sick and tired of the car you're driving. You're going to get sick and tired of the house you're living in. You're going to get sick and tired of something until you start thinking much bigger. And, and your bigger has got to be passive income. And the way you guys, the people in this room, can get passive income is by recruiting, not selling houses. Everybody see that? What I'm doing is I'm alerting them to the gap. Okay? If they can't figure out that they have a problem, then there's no sale to be made. Okay? If I'm doing my taxes, Dwight, over here, and I'm moderately satisfied with my taxes over here, and I like the person doing my taxes over here, why would I leave them and come to you? Because you come along and say, look, I see what they're doing, but there's probably four to five strategies they're not using that can significantly decrease your taxes. Now, let me give an example. I had, a, I had a tax firm once that called me on April 15th. When's the tax date? 15th? 
So they called me on April 14th at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night. They said, we need a check tomorrow for $60,000. I said, what? They said, yeah, you, you, you made a lot more money this year. We need a check for $60,000. I was livid. I'm like, you're calling me on Sunday night at 10 o'clock, the day before the taxes are due, to tell me I need to write you a check for six? Why haven't you told me this the whole time? Here's what they said. Well, you, you should have known you were making a lot more money. You should have known you, were, you owe more tax. I said, you're my friggin' tax person. I hired you to help me control my taxes. So thank God I call another tax person. They're like, oh, we can, we can extend it to October. We can use these four strategies. I ended up owing like nothing. But with this bozo over here, I owed 60000 And I owed it the next day. How fast can a person get fired? Okay? I said some things that night that you would not have wanted to record. Okay? <laughs> now, here's my point. If, if I'm going down this path and I'm paying in taxes and I'm paying in taxes and, and Dwight comes along and says, look, I understand why you're going to those people over there. I get it. I know you like them. But there's actually all these things we could be doing to be helping you on the taxes. What he's really alerting me to is this gap. I understand you invest in multifamily. I understand you put money in the stock market. I understand you do this. Let me show you, coach. There is a much better return over here than over here. If you can't alert people, I understand why you want to go with this uh, marble company. I understand why you like them. I understand you're trying to go with the cheapest people. But let me show you why this is what you need to do. You are alerting a person to the gap. And if you can't alert a person, for all my, I got auctioneers on here. Ruth, our new monster producer. I can understand why you want to put it on the market. Okay? I can understand. Okay? But, but man, we could auction this house off with high degree of certainty and sell it in one day. That's what I'd be saying to people. See, this, see, this is where I think people struggle. Right? Is that they can't do a good job of, of helping people understand what their gap is. If you can't do that, you can't sell anything, folks. Okay, so I got a character. The character has a problem. The character is the hero. The character's going on a journey. Okay? They're going to a bigger place, but they got a problem. When they recognize they got a problem, that's the gap. They then need a guide, a coach, a person. Okay? What do you do? You give them a simple plan, man. I got a simple plan to get you from A to B. Okay, Now, you give them calls to action. It helps them to avoid failure, and it leads them toward success. And that's really what we're going to be breaking down today. Okay, Now, once you get this concept of, of hero going on the journey, the hero, the guide, and the gap. They're the hero. You're the guide. They got a gap. Okay, Your job is to explain it. Now, every movie, if you go back and you study like uh, Star Wars... Like I was, last night, I, to, in preparation for this, I was watching George Lucas talk about um, when, when he created Star Wars. Every great movie that you watch follows this script. There's somebody, and they're going on a journey. They have doubt. They don't know if they can make it. You don't know if they're going to make it or not. They're trying to accomplish something. Somebody comes into their life that helps them accomplish it. There's drama. There's conflict. There's villains. There's victims. That's what makes for great 
television, right? You don't know if they're going to make it out or not make it out. You don't know if they're going to live or they're going to die. They're going to win or they're going to lose, which, what, which, which keeps it what? Interesting, which is why you watch the movie. So George Lucas was talking about how he was coached by George Campbell, and George Campbell basically invented this concept of the hero's journey. And pretty much every major movie follows the exact same script. It doesn't matter if it's a comedy, a drama, right? A horror film. So how do you apply this to selling? Everybody's got problems. See, I don't see selling as as complicated as a lot of people do. I see it as, hey, you got a problem. If I can find that problem and solve that problem for you, I am valuable to you. You are willing to share money with me if I solve the problem for you. Now, when we look at this and we, we, we break down the concept here, here's what I like to look at, okay? Because this is where the big money is. Y'all are interested in the big money, aren't you? All right? The big money is, is in what I call neglected problems. And I want you to think right now about big problems that you see over and over and over in your industry. Okay, these are what I would call neglected problems. And in a minute, I'm going to show you how, what my plan is in 2022 to solve those problems. So I go out into the world and I go to different markets. I coach different disciplines. And guess what I see? The exact same problems. People can't keep their people motivated. Here's what I hear. Just got to get them motivated. Keep them motivated, coach. That's pre drive. Then they say, well, we need to, we, we're not really good at explaining our value. Almost nobody has spent any time in the explanation of service. And until I talk about it, people go. They don't even think about it. I'm like, if you had to explain your services to me right now, could you explain your services? Like if I put one of those EXP agents up on stage and said, tell me what your recruiting pitch is. Like they would get nervous, freak out, hadn't thought about it, hadn't talked about it. I'm like, well, you are going out to recruit people, aren't you? Don't you think you should have a good explanation of value? That's what I taught the, whole, the other night for two hours. Just how do you explain your value? How do you share your beliefs with people? They don't even know they have a problem until you alert them to it, right? Then I say, well, tell me how many leads you're getting. Are you getting enough leads? And they're like, well, no, I'm not getting enough leads. And I said, well, that's a problem. <laughs> they're like, dadgummit, it is a problem. They're like, you're right, coach. Then I say, well, when you do get leads, who follows up on those leads? And do you go seven touches? They're like, oh, my God, no. Nobody's following. There's another problem. Man, you got all kinds of problems. Then I say, well, are you getting a bunch of referrals out of your current book of business? Like, who doesn't? How many clients you got? Dwight? Thousand? Okay. Now, let me tell you something. I guarantee you it's hard to, it's hard to communicate with 1,200 people. Yes or no? If you communicated with them at a higher level, do you think you could get more referrals out of them? Absolutely. If you think you guys engage with the investors that gave you the money, you think that'd bring you more investors? Yes or no? Okay. All right. Now, see, look at how many problems I've already found. It's amazing you guys have even figured out how to make any money. <laughs> Just joking about that part. But isn't it true? These are big problems every business has. Okay. What about becoming known? This one frustrates me. How do you become known? How do you become famous? 
How do you get market and promote every single day? How do you get your message out to the world? How do you get in front of more people? Like what I look at, so I go out into the world, and I'm like, man, they got the same problems in Las Vegas, Amanda, that they do in Murfreesboro. People in Las Vegas got the same problems they do in Winchester. If I could just solve these problems for people, then I would be incredibly valuable to these people. Now, then I could solve them for small people, blue gills, or I could solve for big people, blue marlins. Everybody see where I'm going with this? So here's what I go out and look for. And I always start with the problem. See, everybody else wants to start with the, 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 the solution or the, uh, the product or the service. No, you're not selling a product or service. You're selling a solution to a problem. Start with the problem. What are you trying to do? If I tell Cameron, man, I'm trying to go from here to here. And he says, oh, but man, I got a simple plan right here to get you from here to there, coach. Then he is incredibly valuable to me. If you really want to be a valuable employee and never get fired, never, ever, ever, ever in a million years, just find out what, what keeps your boss up at night. If I was an employer, employee, here's what I'd say. Boss, what keeps you up at night? Well, hitting our revenue number keeps me up. Man, collecting money keeps me up. Man, this keeps me up. Okay, good. Can I take care? Can I solve those problems for you? If I could solve those problems for you, man, I would be so valuable to you, you would never even think about firing me. Ever. Right? See, employees don't think like that, though. Most employees bring more problems to the equation. Well, these two don't like each other, and this one complains about this one, and this one shows up late, and this one does this. This one says, Coach, I don't know how to fix that problem. Like, they don't actually solve problems. They actually create more problems many times. Right? So, so the way you make yourself valuable is just find out what keeps another person up at night. And solve that problem for them. Right? And then, hey, you're always valuable. So, 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 what is your unique solution to the problem? So, I told you guys, I think last month, I'm trying to make my new book a Wall Street Journal bestseller. And to make it a bestseller, there has to be, um, there has to be, books have to be counted a certain way to go through book scan. And if, so if Cameron went online and actually bought a thousand books, um, then it would count as one order. It would count as one book order. So it doesn't count as a thousand units. And I need it to count as a thousand units for it to count for the Wall Street Journal bestseller. Everybody with me? And you have to sell X number of copies in a week, in, in, a, in a concentrated period of time for it to be a Wall Street Journal bestseller. Typically 5,000, 10,000 for sure will get it, but 5,000 could get it, right? In a week, in a concentrated period of time. Well, I could pre-sell those books. So, you know, Colton Mortgage says I want to buy a thousand copies of your book, give it out to all the real estate agents. Okay, that's a thousand, but it's got to be counted right. If it ain't counted right, you get screwed. So there's one dude named Matt Miller that created a company that does this for you. He makes sure the books are counted correctly. He evenly distributes. So he has a little team of people and they buy X number from Barnes and Nobles and X number from Amazon and X number from these little booksellers and X number from this and X number from this to make sure they're counted and they count them. So he goes through his presentation and he gets done and I said, well, how much is this going to cost, Mr. Miller? He said, $35,000. I'm like, to count books? $35,000? So I'm like, okay. So I get off the phone and I call my agent in New York City and my agent goes, $35,000? Like he thinks, he's like, that's ridiculous. 
So I asked the, my book, my book company, McGraw Hill. And here's what my editor tells me, says, coach, you can try to do this on your own if that's what you want to do. But I have seen other people who tried to do it on their own and they didn't know what they were doing and it didn't count and they didn't hit the bestseller list. So she said, on a scale of one to 10, I think she's been watching some of my coaching. <laughs> she said, on a scale of one to 10, how serious are you about hitting the bestseller list? See, if I hit the bestseller list, my speaking fees go up. One speaking engagement could pay the 35,000 folks. But it's just parting with 35,000 for one little dude and his team to count them books. It just irritates the hell out of me. <laughs> you understand? So, but, but here's the deal. I asked her, is there anybody else that does this? And she said, not as good as he does it. Now, think about that. So I'm on the phone with him, and he says, we have a unique and proprietary process to make sure these books are counted correctly. Everybody see what I just said? We have a unique and proprietary process to make sure this is done correctly. Now, I want you to think right now. Do you have a unique solution to people's problems? Or is it an average solution to people's problems? Is it a common? See, if you want to make something really valuable, it needs to be very rare. That which is rare is considered valuable. It's rare because nobody else can do it like you do it. Everybody see that? Typically, if it's rare, Travis, what is it? It's expensive. If you get a rare automobile, it's typically an expensive automobile. You get a rare house, it's typically an expensive house. You get a rare skill set, that skill set is typically an expensive skill set because it's rare. So when you think about you explaining this, you want to lead a person to believe that you are the best person in the world. There is nobody in the world as good as you at this one thing. Everybody see that? Now, you guys know Chris Rude. Is it Chris Rude? Yeah. All right. So he does a great job of going on social media over and over and over and making his case of why people should be investing in mobile home parks. He's got a theme, he's got a message, he's got consistency, he's got frequency, and he just bangs that message over and over and over. You follow me? And, and he understands this, this concept because in this story, there are villains. See, part of the hero's journey, it doesn't say it in here. But if you really go into the hero's journey, there's villains and victims. Why do you need a villain? Why do you need a good villain? Somebody has got to be the bad guy. And that's who you attack over and over and over and over. Doesn't have to be a person. It can be, it could be, a, that's right. So, so in the book, Donald Miller, he talks about external problems. External problems are basically the, the big problem you're solving for me. But that's not really the problem you're solving. There's actually internal problems. And internal problems are things that I struggle with internally. And if you can solve my internal problems, so, so why does fear sell so much? 
Why does sarcasm sell so much? Why does conflict sell so much? Because these are internal issues people have. They're afraid, they're nervous, they're scared, they're insecure. And when you really solve those problems, okay, most people struggle with fear of rejection, fear of embarrassment. And when you can teach a person how to remove those things in their life, you're really solving their internal problems. And if you can solve another person's internal problems, man, you're really valuable for them because you're solving the big problems. And then there's what's called philosophical problems. These are big problems like, like there is a right and wrong. Some, there is good and evil. There are good people and bad people. It is, there is a sense of fairness in people. Everybody with me? So, so when you think about the villain, what Chris Rue does that I, that I noticed just as a casual observer is he, he always has a villain, man. And the villain is either the government or the villain is either you, the stock market or inflation. Like in, when he's telling his stories on social media, there's always a villain. It's him versus something. And the reason that's important to this story is that it creates drama. So some people, I, I, some people probably hate the dude. Some people are like, oh, I don't like you at all, man. Some people probably love the dude. See, where there's no drama, where there's no conflict, where there's no adversary, where there's no adversity, there's really no story. I mean, imagine watching a movie and there was no drama. Like the person just started and was successful and ended successful. Now, how, how many people watch that movie? You think salespeople are scared of the drama? Yes, everybody's scared of the drama. Heck, I'm even scared of the drama. So I stay away from it. You know why? Because, man, you don't want people bashing you. You don't want people being negative towards you. You don't want, right? I remember speaking at an event one day, and the, the young lady from VIP Magazine in Murfreesboro was there, and I had just been on, uh, I've never been in that magazine, by the way, never been featured in the magazine. And I'm like, what in the hell do you have to do to be a very important person in Murfreesboro? You know what I'm saying? Like, have I not done enough to be an important person in Murfreesboro, for the love of God? And like, 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 like the day before, I was in New York City on Good Day New York. There's a million people watching. And then I come back to Murfreesboro, and I walked over, and I said, what do I have to do to be considered a very important person in Murfreesboro? Like, do I have to show up at all the Murfreesboro events? Or, 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 or like, I'm confused on what a very important person is, right? Well, that offended her. So I definitely ain't getting in there now, <laughs> which I don't care because I'm not trying to be. A, a VIP in Murfreesboro. I'm trying to be a VIP in the planet. Everybody with me? So, so, but here's my point: is that is that when you're thinking about this concept, to 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 your point, Cameron, is that we stay away from that drama because we're afraid of what people will say about us. We're afraid of what somebody on social media will will do to us. We're afraid about somebody bashing us. We're afraid about. So, what we do is we don't we don't create that what's called structural tension. I am to the point in my life. Uh, uh, there was a guy the other night that committed to me to come to the lodge to bring his team to the lodge, and, he, and they were going to pay 25000 for me to coach them for a day here at the lodge. And I said, I'm not doing it for anything less than $25,000. And he's like, I'm in. And we sat there. We rearranged my schedule. We made sure I was here on that date in January. And then, he said, well, then, he, then by Monday, he's like, well, right? and man, I just, I let the dude have it. I'm like, apparently, you don't want to get to the next level. Because if you did, you'd be a little inconvenienced. Right? And I'm like, you may not want to hear this, but I want you to call the guy in your upline that's making 20 times the amount of money you are. And I want you to ask him what, what he thinks you should do. Should you come spend a day with me or not? 
So it took him a few days to respond to me. And then he gets back, he's like, well, you're right. I mean, if I did ask him, I know exactly what he would tell me. And I'm like, man, you ain't, you, you ain't serious about this, man. Don't waste my time again. Right? I'm to the point in my life where I just tell people, man, quit wasting my time. Either you're in or you're out. Either you want to go or you don't want to go. But don't tell me you want to go and then decommit on me. Because now you're wasting my time. Now, a lot of people, five years ago, I wouldn't have said that. Right? But now, I'm to the point, I just say it, man. I'm just like, quit, quit playing. If you, I, you know? Remember that old clown, homie, don't play that? Back in the old day, homie, the clown had that thing and he just banged people on the head. Well, now I'm to the point in my life, man, homie, don't play that. I'm like, I ain't interested. If you ain't interested in going all the way, I ain't interested in working with you. So I just said, maybe I'll be free next time you call. Maybe I won't. Maybe I want to do it. Maybe I don't. Somebody is interested, okay? So, so that drama is really hard. And, 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 it's, and I want to combo this with the book called The Challenger. In The Challenger sale, they did a study of 6,000 salespeople during the recession of 08. They actually found that 40% of all top salespeople are what they call challengers. Only 7 to 11% were called were relationship builders. And we're taught, I know in the South, we're taught to, to be relationship builders, which means we typically supplicate to the consumer. Like, you're always right. I'm wrong. I'll put myself down here, and I'm going to put you up here. Well, the book, The Challenger Sale, actually says that the top salespeople take total control of the sale. You're coming to me because I'm an expert. I'm going to guide you there. But, but you got to do what I'm teaching you to do. Right? you got to do what I'm teaching you to do. Okay? Now, when we're thinking about this, so we're working through this hero's journey. I, I'm going on a journey. Boom, boom, boom. Okay? I see, Wendy, I'm going on a journey. I need some help. Okay? Yeah, Chris Root, R-O-O-D, for the people that are online. Okay? I'm going on a journey. I'm, I'm confused. Maybe or maybe not, I even know that I have a problem. Right? I guarantee everybody in this room has got a problem right now they're not aware of. Would you agree? Somebody else could look at your business and go, man, you got four problems right now. You don't even know it. This is why you can't get to the next level. You're stuck at this level, right? Somebody who's done a higher amount than you can sit there and go, man, there's two things you ain't doing right now that you should be doing. There are, you got to alert that people, okay? So, so I, I come along. You convince me that you're the guide. Hey, I know how to get you from A to B. I got a real simple plan. I've been doing this. Let me show you the gap. Let me help you, right? And what we're doing is we're getting them to the next level. Hey, I'm Coach Michael Burt, and I want to say a special thank you for committing, for making a decision to join four-part financial. We believe in growing the whole person, the body, the mind, the heart, the spirit. We're going to give you access to some of the best training in the world. We're going to grow your knowledge, your skills, your desire, your confidence. We believe in structures of exchange, putting you in the rooms with the best people in the world. So I want to thank you for making that decision. That word means to kill something off, to go pro in your career and take it to the next level.